0: The Irish Times Business Podcast in association with Irish Life. We can help your company and your employees look forward to tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Business Podcast. This is Wednesday, March 9th. I'm Kieran Hancock. And on this week's show, we'll be looking at Permanent TSB's results for 2015. Why did the bank make a loss of 425 million euro last year? And does it really have a future as a standalone entity? PTSB Chief Executive Jeremy Masling is in studio to answer those and other questions. Before that, don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes where it will be delivered to your device each week for free. Jeremy, welcome to the studio. Uh, I mentioned in the intro uh, a loss of 425 million for the year for the bank, but um, you, you have highlighted yourself today the fact that there was an underlying profit, so an operating profit for the bank for the first time since, uh, for the group for the first time since 2007. That's the key takeaway for you, I presume.
1: Um, I try to be balanced, Kieran. A um, loss is a loss. And uh, it, it, if I take your first number, uh, it reflects the fact that. Uh, we we still have a lot of turnaround to do in the organisation. Part of which is deleveraging, and unfortunately, that comes with a with a hit a hefty to the profit price loss. Like, yeah, yeah 160
0: million yeah. Sixty million in uh, exceptional.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, uh, I, I wouldn't want to hide from that. Um, of course, the long term story is about building a domestic Irish retail bank, and the domestic Irish retail bank made a uh, uh, an operating profit of of twenty six million, which um, I think is is a is a hell of an achievement for my, for my team in terms of where we came from in, mm. in 2012. So at, a, at an operating level, yes, we did make the first uh, profit since 2007. But, but let's remain balanced. At, at, at bottom line, we're still loss-making.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, can I put it to you that the market has passed judgment, if you like, on the results um, today so far. And by 2.30 p.m., um, the shares in Dublin had tanked. They were down 10.6%.
1: Um, Is that not the market passing judgment on these results? So, there's there's a couple of issues there. So, uh, first of all, there is not a lot of liquidity in our stock, Kieran. If, 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 you know, we sold 25%, uh, we didn't sell 100%. So, uh, if you have lack of liquidity in the stock, uh, one small uh, transaction can make a huge difference to the price. Now, I I haven't looked today at at, uh, the underlying ins and outs, but I absolutely have to uh, emphasize to you that Uh, lack of liquidity in the stock makes a big difference to the volatility in the price secondly in terms of uh, where uh, uh, global banking stocks are um, you know the the market has has recalibrated but at the end of the day our investor story is a long-term story Uh, my job is to bring this organisation back to sustainable profitability and deliver the targets that we said we would by uh, 2018. So uh, one day's trading mm. doesn't, doesn't reflect not okay, me but, where but, we're taking the organisation.
0: Where investors sold a bit of a pup last year when this placing took place? Because the stock was placed at €4.50 a share and we're now down t- to €2.70. Now, you could argue, I suppose, that the Department of Finance and all your advisors and so on did a great job in getting it away at that level. But at the same time uh it's trading at two seventy now, so people who bought the stock at four fifty must be feeling pretty sore uh
1: that would imply that the equity story that we gave them was an underpinned with uh perhaps some half truths so obviously I'd have to say that 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 is absolutely, well overacted overacted absolutely not the case uh a few points of fact uh number one uh we were very clear that this was a long-term transformation. We were very clear that the targets that we gave to investors were um, 2018 targets. Uh, We were very clear what those targets were. We were very clear how we would uh, achieve them. And if you look at today's results uh, in terms of the investor targets, uh, we have delivered on our promises. Um, I'd like to think that delivering on our promises is, is, is one of the traits of this management team. Um, uh, we still believe that we can uh, deliver a business which is deliver sustainable return for shareholders mm-hmm. relative to our peers by 2018. Now, uh, at the moment, the share price doesn't reflect that. But value is an overtime game. It's, it's not a today game. It's not a tomorrow game. And uh, ours is a long-term investment. And uh, uh, I, I still believe and uh, uh uh, that we're on the right track to to, to deliver.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, maybe let's uh, talk about some of those um, metrics that you say you're, yeah, sure. you're on track with. I mean, yeah. let's talk about mortgage lending growth of 2%. You, you can't have been happy with that figure. You've said yourself you're not happy with that figure, and it's given you a market share of 9.5%. Um, if you take a look at some of your rivals, KBC at 14%, and they've only got, what, 15 hubs? not even branch you've got 77 branches to sell from they've got 15 hubs and they, they achieved fourteen uh, percent. so i mean clearly something isn't quite right with the with the mortgage offering uh, at the minute it's not resonating with people for whatever reason why what's what's happening
1: so i think history counts here i mean uh market share of about two percent when we first started so if i was trying to sell you a story I'd say we've gone from two percent to nearly ten percent in a few years. Sure,
0: right. okay, but pre-crash now you were probably the biggest lender or thereabouts yes.
1: in the market. Uh, if I was going to tell you a story, which, which <laughs> I'm okay. not, I'm not built like that. Yeah. So uh, uh, we achieved a small amount of of, of, of growth. Um, uh, I think we I think we could have done better. Um, uh, what we have done, how you react, I think, is is, is the important. Uh, message here. So, what have we done? We, we, we've recognised that, uh, to use uh, your language, maybe our offering wasn't resonating as as good as it should have been. So, we put in place the the three in one mortgage offer, which is without a shadow of a doubt the best variable rate uh, mortgage proposition in the market. And whilst it is early days and we're only what ten weeks into the into the year, uh, I am seeing a significant uptake in in in, in interest. Uh, in applications and one has to believe in time that that will flow through to payout so uh, what that tells you is uh, we I think have the benefit of being a small bank we we can react quickly we can put propositions uh, on the shelf and uh, certainly from what I am seeing uh, early on in 2016 we are back in uh, um, and back in competing really hard and, and I'm delighted with that.
0: Right. Okay. Um, So, let's talk about other parts of the business. Uh, Yeah, sure. Tell us which other metrics you're happy with, if you like, uh, where you're meeting targets
1: that you set, you know, that you you laid down for investors. Yeah, happy to do that. So, uh, uh, the first one would be the net interest margin. Mm. Uh, We promised investors that we would deliver a net interest margin of 170 basis points by uh, the end of 2018. And uh, we are trending uh, very well towards that so I'm, I'm 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 delighted with that i'm i'm pleased about that uh, we uh, promised a cost income ratio of circa 50% um, our cost income ratio uh, has come down from uh, over 120% to uh, just over 80% so you Still know we're very idle, isn't it way too high mm. but we're trending in the right direction this is a transformation story you know this is a uh, this is a long long journey um, i i can only present the facts to show that we're making progress we're making progress in terms of underlying cost of risk uh we promised an underlying cost of risk of uh, 40 basis points or less and we're well on our way to doing that and indeed if you look at our our MPLs, if you look at the treatments um we're, we're 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 delivering and and all of that then should deliver a return on equity which should be in uh, attractive to investors. Again, I, I repeat, this is a long-term transformation story, and I think that uh, today's results show, um, uh, above all else, that we are making progress.
0: Mm. I think I heard you say earlier that um, yeah. uh, when we talk about exceptionals, that they can be lumpy, yeah. um, and you know, over time, um, you were confident that you could get to the kind of uh, profitability that you, that you want by two thousand and eighteen. Um, but, I mean, 460 million in exceptional costs, it's, it's, it's more than lumpy, isn't it? I mean, it's really enormous. And can we be certain that for next year we won't have a repeat of that kind of figure?
1: Um, so, let's take a step back. Uh, the, the deal that we did with the European Commission said that Ireland needed uh, a competitive retail banking market and that we were an important part of that and that our business model should be a domestically focused Irish retail bank and therefore with that came some deleveraging commitments that we have to make uh one of the businesses that we uh that we had and I'll explain in a minute part of it we still have is a business in the United Kingdom called mm. CHL yeah. and and that's a big sterling balance sheet and uh we have to deleverage those assets and uh uh, it is very rare that a buyer buys assets at par. Uh, you know, you, you, part of the trade is you have sure. to take a discount. So, so half of that book, roughly half, speaking, half, ha- that book half book of is that gone. book, broadly speaking, relates to those exceptionals. And the other, the and other, the other half, half, the other, on half, the other plan, will, plan is
0: supposed to be gone by the middle of this year, isn't now. Correct.
1: And uh, I think Brexit might put that mm. back. But broadly speaking, the other half will have a similar type hit um, on the exceptional line. So the answer to your question, I think there is one more big exceptional hit One, right. once we've done that we are then back to being what we should be which is an Irish domestic retail bank and then the, the, the profits that we make should actually reflect the business model that we've actually asked to be delivered by, by the European Commission
0: Right. Uh, the other, uh, actually just on the Brexit point because you said this morning that um, because the referendum is in June, you're supposed to sell this asset by June 2016. But because the Brexit uh, yeah. referendum is yeah. in June, yeah. it's created a lot of uncertainty out in the market. Yeah. And you don't think you'll uh, it would be in the best interest of the bank to proceed with that sale yeah, on timescale. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to ask the Department of Finance and the
1: European Commission to be able to delay that. Is that right? Yeah, I'm going to ask them for. Uh, uh, broadly speaking, I think we'll have to ask them for an extension. Um, uh, because uh, at, the mo- at the moment the UK, the, the UK market is frozen, right, because of of, of, of Brexit. Uh, in terms of how long, uh, I haven't really thought about that. I, 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 I just want to wait and see in terms of, mm. of Brexit. Um, and then, you know, in, in, in my mind, I, I, I absolutely have a bias towards selling the second half so we can focus on competing in the Irish market. And if the answer is leave, the EU, does that change?
0: Does that again change your your thinking on selling this asset? Does that create even more uncertainty? <laughs> oh. If you like, <laughs> if they choose to leave, uh,
1: let's not go there. Let's just wait and see in terms of mm. uh, uh, of, of, of where uh, the referendum takes us.
0: Right. Okay. I mean, you are a British uh, citizen, so have you any thoughts yourself on, on Brexit and whether it will be a good, bad, or indifferent thing for Britain?
1: Ah. Uh, I don't, to be brutally honest, I, 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 I think that uh, it would be, it just wouldn't be wise for me to comment.
0: At Irish Life, we can tell you that 49% of employees in Ireland don't think about tomorrow. They don't have a pension plan. We can help you help them. Because if you're involved in running your company's pension plan, we can administer it for you. With our member-specific investment solutions, online access for employers, trustees and members, and always-on smartphone apps. Just call one of our corporate team on 01704 1845. Visit irishlifecorporatebusiness.ie or contact your pension consultant to find out how we can help your company think of tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information source for Irish Life September 2014. Now the other uh, major legacy issue I guess is around tracker mortgages. Yes. And you have a a mortgage uh, redress programme which is you announced uh, last July I think it was Um, and Separate to that then, there's a a major industry-wide review of uh, mortgage books by all of the lenders instituted by the Central Bank of Ireland, where they've asked you all to go and look at your mortgage books and to make sure that the proper rates were applied to mortgages, I think particularly trackers, uh, etc., over the last number of years. Now, permanent TSB has set aside €140 million for uh, potential costs in in that area. Just explain that to us and, and how it'll break down, because last year you announced that close to 1,400 people had been identified um in the first tranche if you like as having been as having the the wrong rate applied to them uh, in previous years
1: yep so perhaps if we go through chronology of, of of what happened so uh as a result of dialogue with the central bank of Ireland, uh, we ha- we announced a mortgage redress program and uh that was a it's a serious issue i mean as you heard me say this morning you know any chance i get I, you know I, I, I apologize for it um it's uh it's the number one priority in the bank so th- that's the first program of work and uh, uh we're about 90 percent of the way through in terms of remediating customers recognizing that remediation means from our perspective that still doesn't take away the right of any customer to appeal so uh we're making progress there um at the same time that we announced the mortgage redress program, if you recall, uh, we also announced that we had set up a dedicated product review group because we wanted to go through all the legacy products which are in the portfolio to see if there are any other contractual issues because we, we, we have to clean up this bank because the only way we're ever going to clean we're only, the only way we're going to regain any degree of confidence and trust is by being transparent through cleaning it up now uh, then the central bank announced the tracker review so uh in in many ways the product review group has been overtaken by the the the, the cBI tracker and so review and so now we're we're, we're starting that work uh, in many ways I suspect we are ahead of our peers because we we had started the work through the product review group uh, in terms of the numbers um the hundred and forty million is is the total that has ever been applied to what you might call uh, the tracker issue um, of the one hundred and forty million uh Forty million has, broadly speaking, already been spent on the mortgage redress program. This is
0: under ninety percent of cases that have been redressed. redressed.
1: Correct. So that leaves you with the hundred million, and the hundred million uh, obviously has to account for the ten percent which we still need to remediate, plus any appeals that are found in the customer's favour, um, and then based on the CBI tracker letter that we got, based on the information that's in there, I think it's prudent and conservative to put some some more aside. Now, the exact number, I think, for, 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 for all banks, all, all, all my peer CEOs, the exact number won't become clear until we've looked through all the contracts. So um, I think that um, uh, at least until the end of this year, um, it, it's going to take all of the banks to go through all of the individual cases. So how many additional cases do you think might have to be resolved? I, I couldn't tell you because we, uh, we, we still need to go through the contracts. And, and by definition, that takes a long time.
0: Yeah, why did it take so long in the first place to accept that there was an error made by the bank of failure by the bank? I think is how you put it at the time, in the thirteen hundred and seventy two cases that were announced uh, uh, last
1: July. I'm still in enforcement, Kieran. I'm I'm still in in, in a very constrained uh, environment in terms of what I'm able to say. I, I, I'm afraid I I I I I don't want to really answer that question. I I I'm still in a dialogue with the Mortgage Redress Programme with the Enforcement Team of the Central Bank. Um, I can only repeat that, in my mind, it is a really serious issue. It was a serious failing. Um, we, uh, I apologise again. And what we are trying to do is to put it right to the best of our ability. I, mm. That's the best I can say.
0: Some of those people actually lost their homes, didn't they? They did, yes. And what kind of compensation have they been offered?
1: So uh, 49 of the 61 customers... Uh, have 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 been fully redressed. Um, I e- each case is different. Um, or, well, or, or, give or, us an example of. No, I, I, I prefer not to. Each case is different. All, all I know is that we set out to try and do the right thing for the customer. Um, I I think it would be inappropriate for me to comment on individual customer circumstances. So I I'd rather Can not. Can
0: you say how much compensation was paid to those forty uh, nine? Because they were the ones that great. You know, it,
1: they suffered it, the greatest it, loss. It it ranges. Uh, Dependent on the uh, dependent on the case. So again, I'd, I'd rather not comment. I just want to keep at the point of principle, which is it was a serious mistake. Um, it was a failing. Uh, we are absolutely starting from the premise of doing the right things for customers. So um, I, I'd just rather leave it at that.
0: Mm. And why is it that nobody within the bank? I mean, this was a failure by the bank. Why is it that nobody in the bank um, has fallen on their sword, if you like, in, in this matter? Normally in these kind of situations where you have a failure that is so catastrophic if you like certainly for the 49 people who lost their homes it's catastrophic. Um how is it that nobody within the bank has been held accountable because you said today that no senior executive uh, and i took by implication no senior manager
1: um has left the bank as a result of this. Um so number one it's it it's a legacy issue. Okay the the uh the failing and again uh it's in the provision of information. I mean, let's just be really clear uh, the, the, the information provision was suboptimal. Um, uh, it's a legacy issue. Uh, to the best of the facts that have been given to me, um, uh, anyone within the existing management team, um, uh, I, I, I can't find uh, or, or couldn't find any, any, any issues. Now, of course, uh, if new issues emerge, then it would be right that the bank um, did the right thing. But at, at, the moment, at this moment in time, based on the facts available to me, um, th- 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 there is no one that I can see to hold individually accountable and to provide censure to the best of the facts available to me.
0: Did you consider resigning yourself?
1: It's a legacy issue. It happened before my
0: time. Oh, no, I understand it. I understand it. But nonetheless, on your watch, um, the bank was still pursuing this matter with, with a lot of those customers very aggressively.
1: Uh, I maintain. say t- I retain the support... And it wasn't
0: accepting any responsibility. I, uh, I, that I, only I, happened when the central bank got involved. Sorry.
1: I, I retained the support of the board and the shareholders. Uh, it was a legacy issue. Uh, I... Uh, come into work every day. Um, I am determined to fix this organisation um, I, I, uh, and I'm committed to doing so. Right.
0: Has it taken you a lot longer, uh, Jeremy, than you initially thought it would to try and fix uh, permanent TSB? Because there were enormous legacy issues when you joined. Yeah. Uh, it has been heavily loss-making over the last uh, number of years and it is a small bank in a small market. So the repair job was always going to be a very difficult one. But has it, you were... When I met you first, you were, you, you know, you had a clear view of what needed to be done, and you were confident that it could be achieved. Mm. But has it taken longer
1: um, than you thought? No, no, we're on track. Uh, I always, I always, I think, saw it as uh, maybe uh, two or three stages, Karen. To be frank, so the first one was to, uh, if you don't mind me using colloquial English, the, f- the first one was to, was to save the bank. You know, I needed to get the restructuring plan approved. I needed to get some some capital into the bank, and I think that that chapter really finished at the back end of last year when I think we broadly speaking we could put a tick in the box uh, the second chapter then I think is to is to fix and rebuild it and and, and that means through through many different dimensions so uh, customer propositions uh, uh, governance and control uh, uh, in investing in risk management investing in data analytics and i I, I think that's a probably another two three four years to fix it and that takes you to broadly speaking the 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 end of 18 um where we will deliver sustainable profitability i think then the third stage is the long-term future of the organization and i couldn't tell you what that might look or feel like but i i i'm i think the team has done a good job in terms of chapter one i think we're very clear in terms of what we need to do in chapter two and then chapter three will uh Mm. uh, will, 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 will come in time but do you think in
0: the long term it has a future as a standalone entity, or does it need to huddle together with some other entity, some other existing bank in Ireland, or maybe some other player from outside um, to, to have a long term future? Because at the end of the day, even you know, if we strip out all the legacy costs, your underlying profit was still only twenty six million euro. I mean, it's it's very small.
1: Uh, twenty six million, of course, is a, a point in time thirty one, twelve, mm. fifteen. You know, I'm, I'm I'm confident that we can. Uh, get to a place where the level of sustain- sustainable profitability is is at a, a, a factor much greater than that um, I think there is a place in, in modern banking for um, simple domestic retail banks who basically uh, offer customers um, uh, simplicity and value for money so I would say that uh, at this moment in time yes I, I do think there is a future of us as a, as an independent institution now uh, my job as the chief executive is to look at any point in time in terms of what the right strategy is for the organisation based on today um, I think the organisation is is doing really well, I think it's absolutely doing the right thing for customers, I think it's good for Ireland uh, that, there's, you know, that we're providing competition um, uh, I think we're increasingly showing that we can do uh, really good things, we still need to fix some legacy issues as you, as, as you mentioned um, but I'm you know I'm broadly speaking I'm I'm very proud of the team I think they've done a I think they've done a great job in turning something around which as you said had you know real real structural issues
0: yeah um now you received the bank received a 2.7 billion euro bailout um yeah. from from the state back around the time of the of the well what 5 6 years ago now mm-hmm. the stage. um you began repaying that last year which uh, was 500 million euro or, or thereabouts uh, at the time of the of the placing um, what's the likelihood of PTSB being able to repay the £2.7 billion in full? And how long, if, if that is to happen, how long do you think it'll take?
1: Um, so by my reckoning, uh, we've repaid nearly 50% if you include Irish Life, the cocoa, uh, share sales, and maybe allocate a bit for ELG fees. Okay, okay.
0: I, I suppose we should step back. Then the, the bailout becomes four billion because
1: yeah. So I've just I, I yeah. Did Irish
0: match. Life and PTSB were once together in ILMP, and they got a four billion bailout. Irish Life was stripped out one point three, and PTSB's bailout then was two point seven.
1: Yeah, I, I, I suppose I start from a place was um, I wouldn't ever want to shortchange your listeners, right? As far as <laughs> I am concerned, as the guy who came in from the UK, my job was to repay four billion euros. I mean, that was the number which. Everyone told me when they were mm. trying to persuade me to, to okay, do the by, job.
0: So by your calculation, how much is outstanding so, uh, so today? I,
1: I, we have to pay back four, right? Yep. Uh, you take off Irish Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take off the cocoa. Uh, you take off share sales. You take off some ELG fees, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I I probably can't do the math myself in my head. Uh, what are we talking? A couple of billion, maybe? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably a couple of billion. Okay. Uh, market cap today is probably between 1.2 and 1.4, I would think, um, based on your very kind explanation of the share price. Um, uh, I, would, I would guess that there is still a reasonable chance of the taxpayer getting all their money back if we deliver on our promises and global equity markets recover by the end of 2018.
0: They could get their money back by the end of two thousand and eighteen. Yes. All things being equal, all, all with a strong windage so yes. returns. Right. Yes, okay. And where do you think you might go to market again with some some more shares? Uh,
1: that's not my decision. Obviously, that's the decision yeah. of uh, of the shareholders, of which the majority shareholder is the uh, uh, is, 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 is the Minister for Finance. And uh, is there
0: any possibility of it being this year? I know markets aren't great at the moment, and we have flux in government. But uh, my guess is that it would be unlikely this year. Right. Okay Um, All right. And uh, finally You are a Welshman And on a lighter note I I have to ask you uh, Your prediction For this weekend For the game at Twickenham Between England and Wales It looks like It's going to be A Six Nations decider Which way do you think It's going to go I know you're a keen rugby fan
1: Yeah yeah Uh, England 9 Wales 21 (laughs) With uh, uh, Dan Bigger And George North Probably being the stars And uh, uh, Billy Vunapola getting a yellow card at 70 minutes <laughs>
0: okay well we'll uh, we'll come back next week maybe and uh, double check that uh, that prediction but let's hope uh, I, I think that a lot of Irish fans will probably be hoping that that's the case Um. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for joining us My pleasure. Uh, this week. Yeah, that's it from the Irish Times Business Podcast. Uh, Declan Collins produced the show, with JJ Vernon as sound engineer. Don't forget, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at IrishTimes.com. You can also follow the Irish Times Business feed on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.